Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. There is a river whose stream makes glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolutions on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow, bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. May God bless the reading of his word. Thanks, Yong Ying, for reading the word for us. Uh, I am not Pastor Jeremy, but it is my joy to introduce him to us this morning. Uh, one of the delights in ministry is having partners in the gospel. And I'm so grateful that the kingdom of God is much bigger than this local church. And it's a joy to support other like-minded, gospel-preaching, Bible-believing churches. And Evangel Baptist is one of them, and Pastor Jeremy pastors there. He's married to Ruth. They have three lovely children. Uh, Jeremy was my friend in seminary. We went to the same seminary, seminary together. We did pastor together for a season at a church, at another church previously. So it is my joy to invite him to bring God's word to us this morning. Uh, may, our, may God open our hearts as we hear from God's servant. Pastor Jeremy. Thanks so much, Eugene. Very good morning, everyone. What a joy it is to be able to worship our great God together. I've really appreciated the uh, friendship of both uh, Eugene and Ollie over the years. At the start of the year, you know, things actually seem to be getting better in Singapore, right? We had near zero cases of community infections, and the government was relaxing, right? More and more restrictions. But then, in the past few months, we began experiencing a high number of daily cases. Understandably, many began to feel rather anxious and tried to avoid going out. You know, some have been concerned about their aged parents or their young kids. Others are just overwhelmed by the increased workload from having to uh, stay at home and, you know, work, as well as the number of people that they have to care for at home. These challenges are all in addition to other trials that we may already be experiencing, such as, you know, chronic illnesses, relationship challenges, and financial issues. And to add to the problem, it's been hard to meet up with friends just for mutual encouragement and for fellowship. Our current situation is far from ideal, but when we read the news or go on social media, we realize that there is even greater suffering in the rest of the world. Millions of people have died from COVID-19. 
Thousands have been afflicted by natural disasters, crossfire between hostile groups, and unjustified provocation and abuse. Surrounded by dire news, it's easy to be discouraged or to even sink into depression. The comfort we have, though, is that we have a God who cares about us and graciously offers us help. Psalm 46 is this beautiful reminder that God is a very present help in times of trouble. In fact, we will learn from this psalm three reasons why God's people may be afflicted but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. So the first reason, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Second, God dwells with us. And third, God does wondrous things. Let's commit our time to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, indeed, we thank you so much for the privilege that we have to be able to gather as brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus, to be able to worship you in song as well as to draw near to your word. We come with expectant hearts, asking that you will minister to us this morning. We pray that your Holy Spirit will illumine our hearts and minds, that as we hear the words of Psalm 46, our souls will be refreshed, that we would be glad that we have a God whom we can turn to, that we'll be comforted to know that you care for us and that we'll be equipped to care for one another. So bless this time of the preaching and the hearing of your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Psalm 46 was written by the sons of Korah according to the Elamoth tune. The nation of Israel had been through a rather rough time. They had been oppressed and mocked by their enemies. They had suffered many defeats, and the enemy actually reached the door of the city. The people vividly remember the time when the army was just outside the city walls and they were literally waiting for their death. But in their darkest hour, the people found hope by looking to their God. They were divinely assured that God Himself is a refuge and strength and that they can experience His present help in times of trouble. This experience of the Lord's help in times of trouble led the sons of Korah to write Psalm 46, which praises the Lord for being their refuge and strength. So let's begin with our first division. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Let me read for us verses 1 to 3. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. At the time this psalm was written, you know, people living outside city walls were vulnerable to raiders. If a neighboring nation decided to attack, then the people outside the city would be the first to perish. And so in times of trouble, they would quickly flee to the nearest walled city. When the watchman sounded the alarm, people would drop whatever they're doing and quickly rush into the fortress. Once inside that city with thick walls, the people would finally feel safe and secure. Even when the enemy was within arm's length, 
they were still relatively safe. You know, the taunts of the enemies, the flashing swords were unable to cause any harm to those who were safe inside a walled city. It is in this context that the people envision God as an impregnable fortress. They declare, God is someone whom they can turn to in their darkest hour. As long as they flee to God, they know they're going to be safe. They know that He will offer them refuge and will supply all the strength that they are lacking. The people declare the reliability of God. They don't need to book an appointment with God or even, you know, pre-register for help. They know the moment they turn to God, they will experience His aid. God's not someone who will help them in the distant future, but a very present help in trouble. And so they cry out with confidence that God is near and God will help them. With such high view of God, the people are able to face their worst nightmares. Verses 2 to 3 describe a scene of the entire world in upheaval. The entire cosmos is in chaos. The earth is described as caving in. You know, perhaps like quicksand, everything's just being sucked into a vortex. The mountains have been shaken vigorously and they have been swallowed up by the raging sea. Basically, the end of the world is being described. But amazingly, the people declare that they are not in fear. They say, God is their refuge and strength. They will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Friends, do you see how important it is to have a right view of God? If we have no God, or we think that God's power is somewhat limited, or we think that God just doesn't care about us, then we will be left to face our nightmares on our own. We will be like a traumatized child that is completely helpless and paralyzed in fear. But if God is our refuge and strength, then we will not be in fear. We may feel pressed in on all sides, yet not crushed. We will be comforted by the truth that God is a very present help in trouble. In 1527, Martin Luther was actually going through one of the worst times in his life. His health had deteriorated greatly and his country was actually battling the Black Plague. Many of his friends had died in his home, which he had actually transformed into a hospital. His wife was pregnant and his one-year-old son was gravely ill. With death surrounding him on every side, it would have been easy for Luther to sink into depression, to vent his frustration with God, or even conclude that there is no God. However, Luther's faith in God proved to be the most invaluable during such a difficult time. Amidst the storm that he was facing, God was a mighty fortress whom he who could find refuge in. The truths of Psalm 46 comforted Luther, and it led him to pen the hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. As he and his loved ones suffered, Luther sang, A mighty fortress is our God, a bulkward never failing. Our helper he amid the flood, 
of mortal ills prevailing. Let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also. The body they may kill, God's truth abideth still, His kingdom is forever. Friends, amidst the challenges that you are facing, I encourage you, draw near to your heavenly Father. God is near to the brokenhearted. He is good, and He cares for you. May you find great comfort in knowing that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. The second hope we have in times of trouble is that God dwells with His people. Let us read verses 4 to 7. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters His voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. As those who live in a country who have to buy water from their neighbors, we can appreciate the truth that a river can make glad a city. You know, water is vital for life, and access to a fresh stream is a blessing. If we had access to fresh drinking water, we would all feel a lot more secure and wouldn't need to spend millions on recycling wastewater. The psalmist, too, lived in a city that actually lacked direct access to drinking water. The main water supply for the ancient city of Jerusalem uh, was from the Gihon Spring that was located outside the city walls. Thus, when there was a siege, people actually had to build tunnels to access drinking water. The moment the enemy polluted the water supply or cut off their water's excess, then the people would be vulnerable and be forced to surrender. It is with this understanding of how important water is that the psalmist describes it, describes the city that God's people dwell in. He says that for those who have faith and look to God for refuge, they are like people who are living in a city that has a river whose streams offer refreshment and security. God Himself is the source of life for His people. He will ensure that their thirsts are quenched. He will refresh weary hearts. He will give them living water that resuscitates those who have been crushed. He will give joy to those who are depressed. He will make glad His citizens who have been discouraged and downtrodden. Further, God will not just supply what His people lack, but He will actually dwell with them. He will not be living across the border or even in the house next door. God will be in the midst of His people. Therefore, the city of God shall become the safest place for His people. It shall be an immovable city that none and destroy. Though the enemy is gaining ground and seems to be almost at the city gate, the Lord shall protect his people. Though the night has cast an ominous shadow, 
Dawn will come, and God's people shall prevail. Verse 6 describes the threat that the people faced. A powerful nation had arisen and was just raging war over all their neighbors. The surrounding kingdoms tottered. They were all not a match for this powerful nation that just seemed to be sweeping across the land. The victorious generals seemed unstoppable and they were full of pride and confidence that Jerusalem's going to be their next prize. And so they taunted the Israelites and they denounced the God of Israel. They were so sure no one could stand against them. But then, the Lord uttered His voice and the earth melted. The raging nation was suddenly silenced. And as dawn broke, the people of God saw that their enemies had miraculously been decimated. They were gone, destroyed. Thus the people exclaimed with one voice that the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The people had come to experience the blessing of having a God who dwells in their midst. Because God is near, they had no reason to fear. An enemy seeking to cut off their water supply was no threat to them because God can actually cause water to gush out of a rock. A powerful army raging through the night was no reason to lose sleep since God will come to their aid as surely as morning dawns. Do you desire to have such peace and joy amidst the challenges that you are facing? God is not just the God of Israel. The city of God is not tied to a physical Jerusalem. The Lord did not act just once in history to protect His people from raging kings like Sennacherib who taunted the Jews and boasted of His countless victories. God has heard your cry for help. He has heard our lament over the suffering that we and our loved ones may be experiencing. God is grieved by the injustice in this world. He is saddened by the destruction that comes from the curse of sin. He does not want us to be separated from Him. He desires to dwell with us. The problem, though, is sin. Because of our refusal to acknowledge God and obey His truths, we have actually pushed God away. We have run so far away from God that we are basically a lost cause. We have devised our own methods and systems to solve our problems, driving us further and further away from God. The truth is there is nothing that we or anyone can do to save us from eternal destruction. But God, in His loving kindness, sought to rescue us from the consequences of sin and to restore our relationship with Him. At the right time, God sent His beloved Son, Jesus, to enter into our broken world and to endure innocent suffering in our place so that we might receive the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. 
that is through faith in Jesus Christ, our sins are removed and we are brought back into fellowship with God. We who were once His enemies are now made His children. And God, who was once far from us, can now dwell with us. Because Jesus has paid the price for our sins, we can once again be in the presence of a holy God. So much so that God has sent His own Spirit to now come into our hearts. And because God's Spirit dwells in us, we are assured we are precious in God's sight and we can cry out to Him as Abba, Father. Further, we are given access to Jesus who graciously offers us living water. By drinking the water that Jesus offers, that is by embracing Him as our Lord and Saviour, we ourselves are transformed into springs of water. Because of Christ's transforming work and His presence in our lives, we now can give people access to our Saviour. This is why Christians can offer comfort and hope to those who are suffering. We don't need to fear that we don't have the right words to say or the uh, experience to minister to a particular person. Because we have drunk from living water, we are springs of water that can effectively minister to those who are parched, to those who are suffering. We can show them Christ and be assured that they shall be comforted. Therefore, let us give thanks for the relationship that we can have with God through Jesus and be comforted by the glorious truth that God sustains us with living water and He is in our midst. Though trials assail us, let us be at peace and rejoice that the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. If you have yet to experience God in your life, I invite you to call upon Jesus today. Jesus is more than able to give you the living water that you so desperately need. He's able to give you life, security, refreshment, and joy. Jesus declares in Revelation 21 verse 6, To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. So come. Come and drink living water that is offered to you. Be reconciled to your Maker and experience the blessing of God dwelling with you. Receive the gladness that comes from having a right relationship with the Lord who made you in His image. Experience the blessing of having God's Spirit dwell in you that you may look upon Him and call Him Abba, Father. The third hope we have in times of trouble is that God does wondrous things. Let us read verses 8 to 11. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how He has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots of fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Salah. 
When playing a team game, we all feel anxious when it comes to the parts when teams are being formed. This is because the team that you're on affects your chances of winning. Hence, there are sighs of relief when strong players are added to your team and discreet groans when weak players are added. Thus, the Israelites received great comfort whenever they reminded themselves of whose team they are on. The Lord their God is the most powerful person in all the world. And the proof of that is in what God has done in history. Hence, the people invite one another to come and to behold the works of their God. The mighty nation of Egypt melted at the voice of God. The plagues that God inflicted on Egypt brought complete desolation to this superpower. The entire land was filled with death and wailing. The entire army was covered by the Red Sea. The great walls of Jericho came tumbling down at the sound of trumpets. The fearsome Philistine giant was slain by a boy slinging a pebble. No warrior or fortress can withstand the might of God. Once God wills their destruction, they are defeated. The Lord is able to stop ambitious generals from causing further conflict. He makes war cease. Might Pharaoh had his chariots taken away from him. Sennacherib, king of Assyria, lost his entire army of 185,000 soldiers overnight to the angel of the Lord. He then had to go home empty-handed and was struck down by his own sons. Thus, by focusing on God's power to bring desolation and make war cease, the people are greatly, greatly comforted that God is their Savior. And in verse 10, God himself confronts his people's enemies. God declares to his people's oppressors, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. While some have assumed that this verse is a message of comfort to God's people, it's actually a rebuke to those who are causing distress to God's people. It is a rebuke to the troublemakers. A parallel account would be when Jesus responded to the storm that he and his disciples had been caught in. Instead of telling his disciples to be still, Jesus commands the storm to be still. Matthew 8, verse 26 says, And Jesus rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Amidst the taunting and perhaps even the thumping sound of soldiers trying to break down the city walls, the Lord commands them to be still and know that He alone is God. Whilst the enemies of Israel boast of their victories, the Lord rebukes them and says, that he alone will be exalted among the nations. He alone will be exalted in the earth. Egypt, Babylon, Assyria, Greece, Persia, Rome were superpowers that oppressed God's people, but they will not be exalted forever. God alone will be exalted far above the greatest nations. In fact, history has already proved that. None of the great kingdoms in the Bible are great anymore. Most are either pretty ordinary today 
or are non-existent. None of their former glories remain, but the Lord continues to remain glorious. He alone remains exalted. It is in light of basking in the wondrous works of the Lord and witnessing God's rebuke of the most powerful nations that God's people rejoice. They have nothing to fear. Their greatest nightmares have been removed because they are on the right team. And so they joyfully declare, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Friends, you may be going through a really difficult time, and you may think that you are the unluckiest person in all the world. You may have tried in vain to solve your issues and may be at the brink of breaking down. Thus, it's really important that you respond to the truths that God has communicated to us in Psalm 46. The Lord cares deeply about you, and He graciously offers divine help. He offers to be your refuge and your strength at this very moment. He can shield you from more than you can bear. He can strengthen feeble hands and mend broken spirits. He offers help in the present. The Lord welcomes us to come into His city. He's already sent Jesus to atone for our sins so that we might dwell with Him. The Lord offers us living water that not only cleanses us of our sins, but refreshes our soul. And we are assured God will fight our battles as surely as morning will dawn. Finally, we're invited to come and to behold His wondrous works. No nation has ever withstood the might of God. Spears and chariots are just destroyed at the snap of His finger. Nations that boast in their might are rebuked by the Lord. They are put down and they are reminded of their place. God alone shall be exalted. Thus, all who are God's people have nothing to fear and much to look forward to. Further, all who believe in Jesus have been given special assurance of God's commitment to see us through life's journey from earth to glory. Our risen Savior has sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in every believer that we might experience divine refuge, strength, and help in times of trouble. Therefore, there really is no reason to lose heart amidst the challenges that we may be experiencing. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, indeed, we are so grateful for your steadfast love towards us, that you care enough to redeem us from the curse of sin and to assure us that we are not abandoned nor forsaken, but that you will see us through each and every trial that we face. Father, I pray for my dear brothers and sisters who may be going through a really difficult time right now. I pray that the truth of Psalm 46 will be a balm to their souls. I pray that they will feel refreshment and experience your divine joy. May they be comforted to know that the Almighty God cares about them and is near to them. I pray for the rest of us, Lord, that these truths would enable us to minister to those who are in need. 
may we be encouraged and affirmed in our faith to always hold fast to our Lord Jesus Christ. All these things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.